You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. We're going to start off with talking to Nicola Henry, who is a big part of the Dark Horse Dance Project's team and also of the Ottawa contemporary dance scene in general. Uh, she, you may recognize her last name. She is actually related to the Tristan Henry, who has been on the podcast uh, himself and also does the music for the podcast for the past like three and a half years. Um, but Nicola, we're going to focus on her today. She is uh, assistant to the artistic director here at the School of Dance. Um, she also teaches at the school. She is a graduate from the program. She has danced for Sylvie de Rossier in the city, and she is a choreographer in her own right. She's presented work at the Fringe Festival and elsewhere. And please, Nicola, jump in and fill in the gaps for me. You're kind of like one of the go-to contemporary dance people in the city, if I'm not mistaken. Well, thank you. That's a very nice compliment. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of covered most of sort of the different hats that I wear in this, uh, yeah, in our, in our contemporary world here in Ottawa. Can we right away narrow it down as we're talking about Dark Horse Dance Projects? Yes. And maybe let's start with how you got involved with the initiative. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in the first year of Dark Horse, uh, Jocelyn and Kay uh, approached Kathy Kyle to see if she would be a part of it. And uh, she and I had just finished working on a solo that she created for me um, called Drink the Water. And we performed that at Ottawa Dance Directive uh, a few months earlier. So it was sort of a good opportunity to give it a second life. And so I presented it. And um, yeah, it was a big team effort that year. Joss and MP obviously did a ton, ton of work to get everything organized, and Fraser, uh, our technical director, but um, I sort of feel like everybody that was on board, performers and partners and parents and anyone we could grab was there to help out uh, with that first edition because there was a lot of, uh, of work to do um, for that to make it happen. And uh, so then after that, I had expressed my love for the project and and told them how wonderful I thought it was and such a great new addition to our Ottawa scene and they asked me if I would come on board um, in the second year to help with all the planning and organization and I of course said yes so that's what I've been helping as much as I can over the past two years. So last year we had the opportunity to talk to Marie-Pierre and Jocelyn and Fraser and even Amelia Griffin, uh, who was also part of the production team um, in the previous year and a bit for the beginning of this process. Um, but we didn't get a chance to talk to you. So finally we've got you in the hot seat to kind of represent the people behind the work mm -hmm. um, and, and really that make this whole machine run. Um, so can we talk about what's changed from last year to this year's edition of Dark Horse? Well, last year, um, I guess a couple of sort of very simple things. Last year, we held the performance at Ottawa Dance Directive, which uh, is a theater in its own right. So all of the equipment, the sound and lighting equipment was on site and installed and ready to go for us when we arrived. Um, whereas here this year at the School of Dance, this is a dance school, so none of those things exist uh, regularly in the building. Um, so we had to bring everything in, do a huge setup of all of the three studios that we're using as performance spaces. Um, so yeah, that was a very big change this year. 
Also, um, we this year offered two of the choreographers uh, a slot for the, the shows to do a longer choreography. So usually we've been doing pieces that are roughly 10 minutes, but we wanted to give the opportunity to choreographers to expand a little bit further and, uh, and really, yeah, take their vision further. And uh, so that I think was a nice addition to have the different lengths of pieces this year. Um, and then I think sort of besides that, I mean, it's always different every year because we have different people coming in and different people creating new work. So there's always going to be something that feels like a different uh, sort of atmosphere and in, in the different shows. I said different many times just then. <laughs> so different. Is it, is it different? It's different. Okay. But, you know, lots of nice same things too. Mary Catherine, Jack, and Megan Jerome uh, were back on board for a third year to be our sort of guides throughout the evening and of course incredible performers witty and just entertaining we love them they're a great asset to uh to this project i just want to comment on on the fact that we're at the school of dance for the presentation this year and yes there's there's a lot that that the team has had to do to kind of make that work, to, you know, be respectful of the Marley floors and to just just coordinate um, an inaccessible building and getting our audience up and downstairs and things like that. Um, but on the other side, these rooms are so beautiful. There's enormous windows and gorgeous architecture and almost a, an opportunity for people to create site-specific work. Um, the Dark Horse also offers residency, and the space for the residency this year was the same as the performance space, which was really exciting, I think, for a lot of artists. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really nice. I mean, I know some people weren't able to be in the exact studio all the time to rehearse, but uh, yeah, it's a beautiful building. And for years, I think back when I was a student here at the School of Dance, I thought it would be a really cool idea to do a show mm. and have people move around. Uh, because it's such an interesting building with all these, you know, we've got some exposed walls and uh, just has so much character. So it's a really cool space. Lovely. And now let's talk about the composition, like all the artists that were selected this year to be a part of the showcase. So again, the the goals are always like it's Ottawa centric. So can you tell us a little bit about the the makeup of the of the artists? Yeah. So the the idea is to be doing a presentation platform for contemporary dance, but we're also open to other some other forms of dance. Um, with people that are from the Ottawa region or have some kind of connection to Ottawa. Um, so we do end up with artists that are based in other cities uh, this year, Montreal, Toronto specifically. Um, but uh, we get yeah have an application process in the spring and uh, the, the core team, we read out all of the applications and do our best to select a nice diverse program. Uh, and having the two different shows is really interesting as well two different nights of four different choreographies again different <laughs> sorry it's my new favorite word apparently and uh yeah I think this year the two different programs are really interesting because the first lineup uh was a very strong cast of women and women choreographers which is wonderful uh whereas our second night was a very equal cast of men and women and features three duets of a man and a woman each of them but again those three are just completely 
like diverse between the three of them. So it's a really nice, uh, really nice collection of works, I think. Well, having covered the festival last year, and for our listeners who listened to that coverage, you would have heard me gush tremendously about the Dark Horse Dance projects and the team and and everything that it stands for. Um, And this year I can gush even more because I had the opportunity to be chosen as one of the artists presenting work for the Dark Horse Dance projects for 2017. And to see everything that, that you and your team have done to support artists in terms of the residency space, in terms of offering a mentor and the, and the presentational space. You have everything taken care of. We really get to be artists and focus on the work and we get to do what we want. You know, <laughs> the, the proposal um, that I submitted was, you know, I want to do a duet. I want to choreograph on these two people and I want it to be about this thing, you know, and, and I got to create my own work on my own terms. So I'm tremendously grateful for that opportunity. Well, we're very happy to have you. And so now I'm going to turn the tables on Allison <laughs> and take over the question portion and let her answer as one of the choreographers for Dark Horse 2017. Sounds awesome. So Allison. Tell us a little bit about your idea for your piece, because it was very unique. It was something I had never seen before. Um, and you had really interesting use of prop, props, I guess, multiple, many, many multiples of something. <laughs> um, and yeah, a really cohesive idea that, and uh, some storytelling in there. So lots, lots of juice and good stuff to work with. But sort of give us just a little taste of if someone hadn't come to the show what they what they missed because sure. it's over, it's over. <laughs> so uh what I proposed was to ex- explore time travel through dance um this is this is hot off the tail of my fringe show where I explored immortality in a dance show and I really like this universe of sci-fi and I like this line this really fine line between reality and magic and so I like convincing myself that that magical things can happen um so that's what I that's was my goal for the work and it was also at a time when I was taking some break dance classes and some dance hall classes at the Flava factory and I am by no means proficient in either form. Um, Very much an imposter in that environment. But I was very inspired, especially by the shapes that that you make in breakdance. And I'm always a huge fan of floor work in contemporary dance in general. So it kind of gave me more fuel for for creating contemporary floor work. And And that was also part of my proposals that I just wanted to continue to kind of dig that for inspiration um and i made it clear that i'm not kind of trying to create a fusion dance because that's just not within my capacity but that i just wanted to use that as a seed along with the time travel seed um and then i had the wonderful opportunity to work with amanda bond and chelsea passmore who are both incredible dancers um and strong women in their own right and it was just really nice to have them in the studio and to have them bring so much generosity in the creative process and just like openness and they'd follow my, you know, follow me down these crazy pathways and just explore. And, uh, and that was really wonderful. So, um, so on this train of thought, I, wanna, I wanted to address your question about the text first because mm-hmm. I, I kind of brought these ideas to the table and then I assigned them um, 
I wanted them to tell me my idea back to me in their own words as they understood it. And we kind of did that a couple times, you know, until I got it where I wanted it. Um, and then we took those recordings and brought them to Travis, who did the writing for um, Do You Want to Live Forever? And I had him write a script based on those improvs and what we liked and didn't like about it. Um, and then took that script back into the studio and back into the hands of Amanda and Chelsea and kind of continued to play with it and tweak it as we saw fit as the dance sections moved around and things made more or less sense. Um, and the keys, which were my prop, um, whereas, I don't know, that was like an instinct thing where I just... I brought this pile of keys to the first rehearsal and we played with them and they were working. So I kept finding more and bringing more until so we had a like a thousand. Pile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very big pile. And I can't remember who, but somebody after one of the shows said to me, the key it, to them, it was the unlocking of, of the memories. So mm-hmm. that was, I, I thought it kind of a nice little comment and, saw the obvious connection there that's sort of nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's an important word that you just said there memory you know that's and that's where we went with this whole idea of like oh no time travel is absolutely real it's memory recall it's um projecting into the future where you want to be and finding mm-hmm. yourself there like it's 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 these these moments these things that are real um and they're you're really time traveling mm-hmm. you're really time traveling <laughs> you're a real time traveler now uh which is the line from the show yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was a lovely piece, and I Thank you. feel like it's not uh, it's not over. I feel like it will be presented again, hopefully, in something else. Maybe it'll be in Fringe again next year. I'm going to make a know. solid effort to yeah. to present this work again because um, I'm very proud of it, and I've gotten a good response. And uh, I would really love for it to have a second life. And I do feel like it's something that you know the, the piece ended up being about 22, 23 minutes long. Um, and I think it could be longer. I think there's more, um, especially conceptually, that we that we dropped throughout the process that we mm-hmm. could pick back up again and, and dig a little deeper into. Yeah. Cool. So, Alison, tell us a little bit about uh, your choreographic process. So, working with the dancers, you talked a little bit already about the collaboration on the text, and um, and then again also working with with Travis to compile the script. Um, but you also had the opportunity to work with an outside eye, a mentor, Yvonne Kutz, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, um, from Ottawa Dance Directive, the artistic director. And uh, yeah, give us a little bit of insight on how sort of that side of things uh, felt for you. Yeah, that was a real treat. That was, uh, that was a fun surprise to hear that, that I've been assigned Yvonne as a mentor. Um, so... So, and, and also, like I mentioned before, like having the residency space was amazing to be able to come in um, for, we booked 40 hours of time just in the studio and about maybe two thirds of the way in, we had Yvonne uh, come in and that was interesting as a deadline to kind of sort of try and do something to show her because there was, it was really research heavy kind of what we were doing and trying to keep developing the physical material so you know we could spend three hours on on two minutes of the project like and then we could spend the rehearsal just improvising with the material and trying to find new ways to fit things together so it was it was 
there's like almost never a right time, but every time is the right time for somebody to come in and take a look, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So we just strung a bunch of stuff, a bunch of ideas together to show her. And, um, you know, she watched the run and she's like, hey, what do you think? And I was like, that order doesn't work at all. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And then it was a really beautiful process because she, uh, she really just like helped me work and we worked together for a few hours in the studio with with Amanda and Chelsea like just the four of us just working things out and trying to make it better um and of course she gave like broader strokes feedback about about what we were doing and what we were trying to do you know what it looked like and what we wanted it to look like and feel like and things like that so that was really helpful and and to have her kind of leave us with a a bunch of that information and then come back a couple days later and see what we'd done with it and and reinforce that yeah we were we had made the changes that were getting us closer to where we wanted to be. So um, that was really lovely. And she was just very respectful of the work, which is, you know, I mean, every good mentor knows how to prioritize the, the work and not their own vision. You know, mm-hmm. she was really um, graceful in that and being able to, you know, make sure that we were, anything that she was suggesting was getting us closer to where I wanted to be rather than, you know, just something that might be better in right. some other objective. Exactly. <laughs> Art right. is all subjective, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that was wonderful. Um, I also actually had Kier Knight uh, consult. Um, I called him the the choreographic consultant. Yes. He wasn't able to make it into any of the rehearsals, but I would take him footage from rehearsals, and uh, we would sit down together and. And he was also really amazing at putting aside whatever his wants were and really following me on my journey and helping me get to where I wanted to be. And he was really great for offering next step suggestions Mm -hmm. um, and what what might be a good exercise to try at this point in the process and what my dancers might need. And, uh, you know, he's been dancing professionally for a long time. And so to have that perspective was just incredible and really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll just maybe mention the, uh, so Yvonne Coots was one of the mentors this year, and we also had um, Sylvie Desrosiers, who I know has been on your podcast. Uh, she's the director of the Contemporary Dance Program at the School of Dance. And our third mentor for some of the choreographers was uh, Emmanuel Juth from Montreal. And uh, yeah, it was really nice. I've heard lots of great feedback from all of the artists about the opportunity to work with these very incredible established Canadian choreographers and dance figures. So that's definitely something that we, we are happy about and intend to continue with uh, for Dark Horse. Sweet. Yeah. Don't ever stop. You guys are doing an amazing mm-hmm. job. Well, thank you. We do it because we love to, to see all of this amazing art come together and, and bring dance to our community. So... That's our goal. Wicked. Wicked. All right. We're going to start talking to some of the artists who are presenting work at Dark Horse Dance Projects and also get a chance to speak with Emmanuel Jut about being a mentor. Awesome. (laughs) 
All right. I am speaking with Riley Sims, who is one of the choreographers presenting work at the Dark Horse Dance Projects for 2017. And Riley is presenting his work under the company name Social Growl Dance. And this will be the first time that he's presenting work under that title here in Ottawa. However, he's been very active in Toronto with Social Growl. And uh, he's actually got a history of dance with Ottawa. So you've got a tie to Ottawa, which is really a theme for Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that, Riley. What is your connection to the Ottawa dance scene? Uh, I started dancing for Ottawa Dance Directive in 2014. Yeah, and I danced uh, with them for a couple of seasons with Yvonne Coots. And uh, that was my first kind of, uh, my first way into the scene. And then uh, since then, I've just kept in contact with people. And then I heard about Dark Horse. So I applied and here I am. Perfect. Yeah. And if we can back it up a step further, where did you train? I trained at uh, the School of Toronto Dance Theatre. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. And so now you're back in Toronto and you're working a lot with Social Growl. Tell us a bit about about what makes Social Growl different than Riley Sims doing choreography. Mm. Um, I think that it's uh, the company represents the work rather than the choreographer. Um, The route I chose to be was that the company was bigger than me and that uh, it's more about the people that I collaborate with um, rather than I am the choreographer here I mean like for sure people use their names in their title of their company all the time but I just like the idea of it's like a separate entity than me represents the work yeah and I can hide behind that (laughs) (laughs) hide yeah yeah do you have um, specific collaborators that you work with uh, more frequently than others that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I work with the same, uh, usually like four to six dancers uh, since 2012. Uh, they're from Ottawa, Montreal, Kingston, Toronto. Um, Love it. Yeah, they're from all over the place. And I'm a really big advocate for that, um, that when we work in a specific scene, we should try and reach out to the other dance scenes because we can learn so much from each other so that's a big part of yeah people that are involved in the company are not just from toronto they're from everywhere wonderful Mm -hmm. and so what does it mean uh for you to be back here in in ottawa presenting this work and taking up this opportunity to do that um i'm a big fan of the work that's made here and the people that are part of the scene uh the people that choose to stay here rather than go elsewhere because I know it can be difficult sometimes so some people when things are difficult in a place they're like all right I gotta get out of here and make it somewhere else but the people that stay and that push you know Ottawa I think it's really important because there's a lot of valuable artists Um, and I love Dark Horse I love the girls who started it and yeah I think it's a good thing to keep things fresh and new and young so I think it's good great Let's talk about the work. Do you have a title for the piece that you're going to be uh, presenting this week? Mm-hmm. It's called Ode Parade. Ode Parade. Mm-hmm. And what's the aesthetic of the work? The aesthetic. <laughs> this is where the challenge of talking about dance in yeah. an audio format comes out. Yeah, like aesthetically, movement-wise, it's pretty uh, visceral, gestural, theatrical. Um, it's very human and what's your main um, either jumping off point or theme or plot? Um, it's sort of an, the word ode. I like the word ode. It's sort of um, a tribute to or like a, um, a dedication to uh, something. And for this, it's sort of to uh, past relationships, um, versions of ourselves that exist in past relationships that we sort of have to leave behind when we, you know, end things with someone. Um, that was one of the one thing I was thinking about with them. 
and it's an ode to yeah old relationships to new ones to versions of self to from all things that exist inside us from sort of like dark sides to light sides there's always that sort of duality in people so with the two uh, artists that I'm working with uh, Jean Benoit Labrec and Jean-Vier Robitaille we uh, are calling on sort of all the things that exist in them from dark to light whatever that means sort of like personality traits or yeah so their relationship is sort of ambiguous in the work they sort of move through different uh, types of relationship I, I love how we're like speeding through this interview like we're not we're not staying in one place too long so I want to zoom right into process you mm-hmm. know, that we're touching on this yeah and uh, so so Dark Horse offers residency space in this city and also a mentorship pairing mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a bit about what the process for this putting this together looked like in terms of dark horse support and otherwise Mm -hmm. yeah uh well like everybody it was very quick um uh, but it was through yeah these residencies they offer which a residency is like nothing other i'm a big fan of them because you get to sort of you know consistently work and stay with something for days in a row and you get to live sort of in the place that you're working so yeah we spent um eight days here in july and uh, we made about 20, 25 minutes worth of material. The mentor was Sylvie de Rosier, and she's great, and I've worked with her before. Lately, most of my work starts, at least from the physicality point, is through a solo that they each have, each dancer. And then I figure out how to inco- incorporate that with the other person into a duet. Um, but there's always usually a solo material. And then the other part of it is these sort of scenes that we move through. So they're more like of a theatrical vibe. So then it's about, okay, so I see this scene in my head, which almost most of the time doesn't have any movement related to it. Um, and then trying to string the sort of the physicality with these scenes and how to get to each part. It's usually the task. And this uh, piece that you've put together is going to be performed in, in a studio here at the School of Dance rather mm-hmm. than a traditional stage or black box space. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you did uh, from the get-go or during the process or even just at the end in putting it together that kind of um, accounted for that? Well, I, I guess I had the advantage, but I, a lot of these people actually have seen this before. But I remember this studio. Like, I remember dancing in it. I remember taking class in it. It's this the one in the basement. And... I've always liked it because it's like dark and sort of strange and has like tile up half the wall. And um, so I it has already kind of a more theatrical architectural setting. So I was like, okay, we need to use this. And there's these two sets of double doors. And right away I was like, that's going to be the main focal point. Um, And I knew with only eight days of working, you had to be sort of like pretty quick about distilling ideas. So I sort of was like, all right, here's the the scene, these two double doors. That's the focus. That's it. Don't go anywhere else. Yeah. Would you go so far as to say that it's a little site specific? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, trying to put it somewhere else on another stage would be difficult if they didn't have this set of doors because now they're quite crucial to the work. Sure. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Riley Sims, who's presenting work as part of the Dark Horse Dance Projects. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Et maintenant, je parle avec Julie Timchuk, qui présente un travaux pour le vitrine Dark Horse Dance Projects encore une fois cette année. On a parlé avec Julie l'année passée. Alors, euh, Julie, merci d'être venue encore une fois <rire> sur, euh, sur Dirty Feet, puis aussi à Ottawa pour ce projet. 
Euh, Est-ce qu'on peut parler un peu de qu'est-ce qui a, a passé avec toi et ton parcours dans l'année passée? Oui, fait que l'année passée, j'ai présenté In the Days avec Marie-France Jacques. C'était une collaboration. Euh, le projet continue. Il continue à être présenté. On applique encore. Et puis, cette année, j'ai beaucoup travaillé avec euh, la danse urbaine. Et j'ai rencontré le B-Boy euh, Vibes, qui est Romain Gayagé. Et puis, on a décidé de mettre nos deux forces dans un projet collectif, qui veut dire euh, d'utiliser une plateforme contemporaine puis de montrer le langage urbain dans sa pleine expression. <rire> Est-ce que tu peux m'expliquer un peu comment ça fonctionne? Parce que la danse contemporaine puis la danse urbaine sont tellement différentes comme processus et comme forme en danse. En fait, on ne voulait pas trop modifier le mouvement. On voulait, on voulait rester assez pur. Fait que, disons, c'est plus moi que appris euh, de la gestuelle, puis il me fait beaucoup répéter pour avoir la même attaque, le même sens euh, du rythme. Puis l'aspect contemporain, c'est plus au niveau de la dramaturgie. Je ne voulais pas commencer à moduler le mouvement, je voulais le garder intact dans sa forme et d'utiliser plus les mécanismes d'une dramaturgie contemporaine pour créer une pièce de 10-12 minutes. Ouais. Alors, comme tu avais dit déjà, l'année passée, c'était une collaboration que tu as présentée, puis aussi cette année, c'est une présentation euh, en collaboration. Euh, Est-ce que c'est euh, le mode que tu préfères euh, créer? Comme... Oui, il y, y a un échange qui se crée, il y, y a un défi de la réflexion, euh, dans juste la façon d'argumenter. Des fois, on peut trouver des stratégies ou des clés pour avancer le travail. Fait. Et j'aime bien dire collaboration parce que ça fluctue. Des fois, c'est Romain qui prenait en charge les répétitions. Des fois, c'est de mon côté. Fait. Je pense de part et d'autre, on, on a trouvé une façon de, très fluide de communiquer puis de créer Funky Step. <rire> Puis aussi, dans les deux cas, tu collaborais oui. <rire> sur le travail, mais aussi euh, vous deux dansent dans le projet. Oui. Alors, euh, est-ce que c'est est plus facile de cette façon d'avoir un collaborateur qui peut te regarder comme danseur dans le projet? Bien, c'est sûr pour ce projet... Mais chaque projet était différent. Avec Marie-France, c'était une autre esthétique, c'était d'autres thèmes, c'était une autre gestuelle. On apprenait beaucoup de l'une et l'autre. Mais je pense, après nos longues conversations, il est venu In the Days, puis sa forme. Puis je dirais Funky Step aussi, là. C'est sûr, Romain m'a beaucoup aidé à apprendre la nouvelle gestuelle, des, des nouvelles coordinations que je n'avais pas. Et ça, ça l'aidait beaucoup. C'était un point fort pour arriver de faire funky step, un peu l'essence des années funk. Ça, c'est vraiment avec euh, ce que Romain m'a appris qu'on a découvert, comme, comment créer une pièce euh, du groove, du funk, avec, euh, ouais, la gestion. <rire> Is it helpful that you have a collaborator when, when you're working on being an interpreter? Oui, ben il y a comme un support qui se crée. C'est sûr, comme... Même dans, quand on le performe ou quand on est en studio, 
c'est constamment quelqu'un qui partage l'univers. Fait qu'on peut comme constamment le nourrir ensemble. Puis c'est sûr que Romain et moi, on est un couple aussi dans la vraie vie. Fait que ça, ça vient teinter aussi ça, nos conversations. C'est continuellement, on nourrit l'univers de Funky Step. Marie-France, c'est une grande amie avec qui j'ai étudié aussi. Fait que c'est des collaborations riches qui vont au-delà du studio. Puis aussi, j'apprends aussi comme danseuse dans ce, ce rapport-là qui devient très intime au final parce qu'on partage beaucoup. Fait que ça l'aide, oui, à avoir un appui très fort dans quelqu'un qui partage le même univers que toi. <rire> J'aime cette expression, le, le même univers. Oui. oui. Um, alors, j'imagine que c'était une un, un bonne expérience d'FPC l'année passée. Oui. Que, parce que tu retournes ça, cette année. <rire> Expliquez-nous um, pourquoi c'est encore important ou relevant d'être ici pour le Dark Horse Dance Project. Mais c'est sûr, j'ai trouvé beaucoup de de plaisir l'année passée. C'est sûr, ça le fait partie de la motivation de revenir. Il y avait aussi... Je trouvais que pour entamer une nouvelle recherche, parce que je ne suis, je suis pas dans ma zone de confort, c'est faire euh, 10-12 minutes de danse urbaine, comme le stamina est différent. fait que c'est... Je trouvais que c'était l'endroit idéal pour que je puisse expérimenter mm. ce, cette forme-là. Euh, juste parce que l'année passée, je l'ai vécu, il n'y avait pas eu de pression, de jugement. J'avais aimé l'équipe, j'avais envie de revenir, puis de le faire découvrir à Romain. Lui, il vient de, la, de France, il vient de Toulouse, fait il est vraiment nouveau à tout ce qui est euh, le monde de la danse contemporaine. Fait que je voulais, je voulais montrer une facette, ce qui se fait à Ottawa, juste, euh, ouais. <rire> Parfait. Puis aussi, euh, cette année, on... La présentation va être dans le School of Dance mm -hmm. au lieu qu'un scène. Um, comment est-ce que tu approches cette différence? Mais je pense que ça nous a aidés parce que quand on a fait la création, je l'avais déjà en tête, cette espèce de lieu, de studio, comme qui se passe beaucoup de choses, autant quand on fait de la création, quand on fait notre danse. C'est des lieux chargés, comme... Fait que j'avais déjà pris ça en... en, en j'avais déjà pris conscience de cet élément-là, qu'on n'allait pas être dans un théâtre avec tout ce que ça l'amène, les lumières ou la boîte noire. Mais j'aime bien l'idée que le spectateur est proche, que c'est plus intime. Je pense que ça l'aide Funky Step à... ouais ça l'aide de la performance, parce qu'on essaie de créer une petite bulle intime puis de créer un, un groove collectif. Et je pense que cette proximité-là va aider. Euh, ouais. Parfait. Ah, oui. <rire> euh, As-tu des derniers mots avant qu'on dise au revoir? Non, je suis satisfaite. <rire> <rire> Merci. Je parle avec Julie Timchak, qui présente en collaboration avec Romain Gayagé. Oui. <rire> uh, funky Groove. Funky Steps. Funky Steps. Mais avec beaucoup de groove. <rire> Oh, Dark Horse Dance Projects. Merci, Julie. De rien, merci. (rire) 
Next up, I'm going to be speaking with Jeffrey Dollar and Amber Green. And uh, Amber, we had on last year when I covered the Dark Horse Dance Projects because she was uh, choreographing at that point in time. And this year, uh, Amber is working in collaboration with Jeffrey, and they've uh, done this piece together. And they're both choreographing it, and they're both performing in it. So welcome back back amber thank you thank you very much <laughs> and welcome for the first time jeff thank you very much so we got to talk to amber last year a little bit about what dark horse means to her and and all the rest so maybe jeff we can talk to you about that question you know this is going to be the third year of the showcase and what does it mean to you to be a part of it so for me this is my third year being involved directly or indirectly with uh, dark horse i was in the first iteration with uh Amelia. with Amelia Griffin and uh, the second iteration I should have been performing with Amber but uh, sadly I was unable to do so so I'm very happy to be back this year uh, and for me it's just a great uh, community platform to present new work and to give emerging artists the opportunity to present what they've been working on. Rad. So let's talk about how the two of you decided to work on this piece together and uh, is this is this like a because of the missed opportunity last year or what was the inspiration? Uh, I would say yes to the missed opportunity last year, but also there was a point where we felt like uh, dance had kind of taken a side note in our life and we wanted to really get back into the studio and kind of we missed being in this space the school of dance a lot so we didn't really have anything that we were working on and we figured there's probably going to be a couple of um, opportunities for us to present something so why not start working on something so we developed some material and then dark horse application came along and we're like well why not try for this again right even if we don't get the opportunity because I loved working with Jeff and so he was like my immediate first person who I wanted to ask and the fact that we didn't get the opportunity last time to actually follow through with the whole process it's really kind of refreshing to work with him again yeah so the fact that this process started before dark horse was even a conversation what was the the seed the instigator for your your choreographic research uh, well as a third year student at the school i created a solo for myself and uh, my ultimate objective was to continue with the same uh, piece that i was working on with the same material or just a similar idea uh, which was working with the notion of frequencies and uh, i think amber was very keen on that idea and so we just decided to elaborate on it and to just give it a, a new spin a fresh interpretation cool and and where has it gone since then well i actually got to watch jeff's solo so in that whole experience as I would put it like I really found at the end of it that I was like no I want more because it was only like what 10 minutes long I think it was not even so it was just like oh I really want more so it was that one experience that really like inspired me um so when we started working together I had originally been like okay so we're gonna play with his solo material but then we ended up like developing completely different material uh, more so of the stuff that we found hard to do. <laughs> so we wanted to improve on it. And then we read a book, another book, Go Figure. Last year was also a book, kind of inspired in a way. But um, yeah, this one, I read uh, The Hidden Messages in Water, which was really interesting. It's kind of like a far out there book. It talks about like the ways crystals form 
when you speak a certain way to them, say like to a jar of water, right? So, and how the crystals actually form. So when you say something negative to them, they are just formed little crystals. But if you say something like nurturing, like talking to plants, like I love you, please grow, things like that, they actually have very symmetrical, beautiful, like fully formed, gorgeous crystals to them. So it made me think about, well, how do we react to things like that, right? And other people's frequencies or because that's what I related it to was like when you walk into a room and like you can cut the air with like a hot knife, like butter, you know, and it's, you can feel that tension. Some people are really in tune to it and some people just don't even notice it. So it's like, and I'm a very... Uh, I guess empathetic person and the way people talk to me um, it, it really I guess hurts me if they have even like a slight negative tone so I feel like that disformed kind of crystal like feeling you know so I really related with those crystals but then when somebody loves you you're just like oh you're so I don't know you feel whole and you don't feel like pieces of you are wrong and rotten you know it's interesting yeah so and then how how we relate to each other in that whole frequency feeding back and forth and how you try and make people understand but they don't and like <laughs> right and you don't see it even though there's like a calm so we were working a lot with um some of the unseen senses so as amber was describing if you walk into a room and you feel a certain way well why is that or if you move to a new city you either fall in love with it or you absolutely hate it and you can't come up with a very good reason as to why but uh, we think it has something to do with the various frequencies that we emit but that the world around us around us emits as well awesome Let's talk about process and how, you know, being being accepted into the showcase and how, you know, having the residency, having access to a mentor, how did that change how you were working? Well, as we w- started working in January, we were mostly fumbling around a studio, just <laughs> generating material. Fumbling. And, uh, <laughs> and I think uh, being accepted in the process just gave us a, a very clear objective mm-hmm. and uh, it made the, the creation far more intensive and uh, we tried to come up with something that made more sense that was presentable something that had a little more mass to it Uh, and then of course having an outside eye like Yvonne was very helpful as well just so much helpful insight was provided and uh, it's been a very pleasurable process we work together very well and uh, it's been it's been a great time so far. I completely understand what you mean by <laughs> by changing gears from an exploration that's for the two of you to that's something that's going to be shown on stage. Um, I'd like to continue to explore this little zone here because I think sometimes it's difficult to grasp. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering um, if, if there's anything left behind. Like if, if there's a different track that you could have taken that would have had, like did you lose something? I think in the exploration we had come up with a lot of material and uh, we were given a limitation, of course, that our, our pieces could have been a half hour long, but our, the time frame that we were given was 12 minutes. Uh, so I think we've lost a bit of material, um, but I think it helped us kind of sift through all the things that we had and focus on the things that were either really relevant or very important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's bittersweet in that sense. We've lost quite a bit of material, um, but I think we're left with something that is held together and that makes sense. I just want to harp on this just for one moment because you used the word important. So and and I think there's a difference 
between work that's like important for you to practice and work that's important for you to show. Mm-hmm. So is there is there still like part of your practice that remains that's not going to be on stage? Yes. Um, oh, it's hard to f- explain. So yes, I'm a. F- previously a figure skater right so all those like crazy tricks that you want to do that are so impressive to see we had so much of that and I feel like it was so superficial because of that because taking those small moments that I forgot about completely when we were actually exploring those moments that you enjoy so much like a small gesture or like even like the look of a head or how intentional that movement is even though it's so minute it may not be an impressive thing but it could be something that you see every day on the street and those moments are the moments those images I would say are the ones that I cherish the most so I think that (laughs) I do want to continue on working those high legs and those impressive things but also really working the transition that m- makes those things so impressive at those moments where they're actually needed or wanted from the audience, right? You know mm-hmm. how they have that, like, oh, I want to see a little bit of unison here or something, right? After so much improv or whatnot and where you're so different. And yeah, so the less, even though we're able to do those things, it may not be the most relevant relevant thing or needed thing on stage that's why we i guess we named it important in a way like it's still important for us in our technical training i feel but maybe not so much on stage right i'm tremendously intrigued and i can't wait to see the work uh amber and jeff do you have anything else you'd like to add about dance about dark horse about your work can you give us the title of it part uh our piece is entitled sonar Sonar. Uh, again, relating with wavelengths, frequencies, that sort of thing. We actually struggled quite a bit with finding a title for this piece because there are so many words and images associated with that topic. Um, so I think it's a, it's a working title for the time being. And uh, although I think it's, a, it's an appropriate one, but it might progress and it might evolve in the future. Great. So you'll continue to work together on this. Definitely. Yeah. Wonderful. Lots of nods. Okay, super. <laughs> so I've been speaking with Jeffrey Dollar and Amber Green, who are collaborating on a choreography called Sonar that's presented by the Dark Horse Dance Projects. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Next up, I'm going to be speaking with Emmanuel Jutte, who is a choreographer based in Montreal, who has been a mentor for several of the artists presented in the showcase this year for 2017. There's a few artists who are actually rehearsed in Montreal and come from Montreal, so it was uh, a nice pairing to have you in the city there, I imagine, to to be able to work with those artists before they brought their work over to Ottawa to present with Dark Horse. Emmanuel, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. Uh, let's briefly talk about your, your background as an artist. Um, you founded... Uh, Danse Carpe Diem in 1995 as a collective and five years later you you became the sole artistic director of it if I'm yes exactly yeah. I was uh, studying at uh, Lucam University du Québec à Montréal and uh, I met I had the chance to meet um, some colleagues some students with whom I had a beautiful uh, chemistry um, and uh, we uh, 
started these um, activities, which was to dance in front of a public once a month in uh, correlation with another uh, discipline. So let's say a very easy example, uh, dance and theater, dance and poetry, dance and um, sculpture. And then we've, so we did the Carpe Diem, you know. Uh, now it has been institutionalized in the Passerelle 840, which is well known at Lucam. So all the students since, uh, I think, 97 are presenting some project and uh, for their studies. And it is uh, presented uh, in front of the public. But in the beginning, it was an initiation of um, me and um, Marie-Julie uh, Asselin, Isabelle Chevrier, and Eve Lalonde, Julie Beaulieu, and Caroline Cotton. That was a long time ago. Oh, and that's then, right, yeah. Yes, it's true. And then I became, then we finished, we, we started stopped to be a student. We started to be a professional, but what is the professional when you begin? Uh, and then, because of our, uh, we were not a collective, we were a, um, a bunch of guy who were sharing the same structure, but we were not sign, signing a piece um, all together. We were, it was for distinguished signature. So of course with time, because of the, our relation with the grants and the, you know, Canada Art Council, Conseil des Arts de Québec and Canada um, Conseil des Arts de Montréal, we were invited to precise our artistic uh, vision. So with time, I became the only artistic director. And then I can say that my career started as a director, artistic director of a company, solo company, Danse Carpe Diem, Emmanuel Jaud. That's right. And then what would you say is, is, is your defining signature? Maybe, maybe it's clearer now than it was back in the late 90s, but what as an artistic director, as a choreographer, do you try and do with your work? What I'm trying to do with my work, uh, with an overview or? Yeah, like real broad strokes. Well, I think first as an artist, I tried first to identify myself through a discipline. So it's a relation between a stranger and yourself. Myself as, uh, uh, me, myself, uh, as a, a stranger and then as another kind of stranger. Mm. And I was trying to, to find a, you know, a core, uh, a center through this. Then after when I have um, uh, identified uh, a place where I, I, I could express myself, I had to find what I wanted to say. Uh, in a distinguished way, in an intelligible way. Of course, I knew what I wanted to say, but uh, you know it with your, uh, with your guts, with your, your soul, but you, not necessarily through the, 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 the gaze of someone who has a certain kind of distance and who lives in also in a society. So I had to, 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 um, to learn this. Uh, at a certain time, I realized that what I wanted to um, share with the public, it's this necessity of communication, you know, a communication, communicate, I mean, uh, who I am to you guys. Uh, this is my uh, English, so it might be hard to understand, but um, if I can try to uh, another way, it's to, to uh, confirm that I am in a society because of 
this need to be with people. So I needed to communicate the the necessity to be with the other. Then, because of this uh, realization, I changed radically, uh, in radically, a rad radically uh, way, the, the way I was presenting my work. So we are now many years, you know, after. So we're now in 2009, 2010. I wanted to break the fourth wall. Of course, it was also because of uh, an encounter I had with a, a German artist, choreographer, Felix Rucker, uh, through a show, Outna, who helped me to uh, see the relation with the spectator in a very, very different way. So since these experience, I uh, wanted to question my work my uh, intent with a, 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 another way to, to sense the space. So, so then I was proposing some work where the dance was very close to the spectator. Then after I understood, uh, yes, there was many ways to propose this encounter, but in which kind of dialogue I wanted to be uh, um, settled or... Uh, uh, grounded, you know, okay. which kind of dialogue, dialogue I wanted to to, to 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 give. So this is where I am now. Actually, I uh, have this big question of the body. Of course, the body is uh, maintained uh, through the uh, professional work, but also, but also, I think with a, a normal citizen, you know, we are all the same. We have all body, legs, heart, feelings, brain. Uh, um, happiness, trauma, you know, all this is a, it's a universe. And I'm wondering how can I um, stimulate the body in this kind of um, uh, fluctuation, vibration, not necessarily um, exclusive for a professional dancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, my so English uh, part. No, I think, I think I know what you mean, like the, when you, when you kind of go into the realm of pretentious or up above and then you, you, you lose that connection with, with the general public? Is that... Yeah, because... Uh, okay, we can say general public, but even then, even though, or even, I don't want to uh, distinguish professional sure. and public or performer and public. I want to enhance the beauty of the body. And this beauty, we can meet it in, meet it in many situations. Mm -hmm. through a situation which is feed by a professional dancer or feed by someone who's not a professional dancer but is a professional in life, you know? Who has a body. Who has, has a body, who has a magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, so, uh, yeah, light is not just from a flashlight or a lighter. It comes, all, it comes also from stars and from, you know, there's many mm -hmm. ways to see light. Mm -hmm. So this is where I am actually in my, 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 my artistic uh, life. I, I love that light metaphor. That's wonderful. Um, so, so let's bring it back to Dark Horse Dance Project. Yeah, sorry for that. No, this, it's, it's nice to have some context on who you are as an artist coming into the process. And then how did you get involved with Dark Horse as a mentor for the 2017 edition? Well, 
Uh, I had the chance to meet uh, uh, an artist, Elise Bergeron, last year, who asked me to uh, come in her studio and to be an outside eyes uh, for her work, Blau, do what she worked with Rosie Contin. And uh, I was uh, pleased to uh, have this chance to uh, give my, um, share my sensitivity uh, through her work. Uh, and then the, the day, the year after, uh, Marie Pierre and uh, and uh, Jocelyn. Yeah, they 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 knew they understood they, yeah they knew that I was a mentor, an official mentor last year for uh, Elise. So they asked me this year if I wanted to be um, an official mentor. An official mentor <laughs> for four artists, and uh, she wrote me when I was in Bali trying to, uh, let's say, resurrect. And uh, I said, why not? Why not trying to uh, go back to something which is very essential, which is uh, dialogue, discuss, try to touch what is the most essential. And uh, I think uh, for uh, these artists, who s some of them start uh, uh, their a choreographic uh, career. There's something new. There's something uh, not, um, yeah, fragile but strong. So I was uh, interested to see how I could be connect with them and try to feed them with my little experience and their uh, big. Uh, in French, you know, we we can say. Um, um, Some people have experience, je veux dire en français en fait, des personnes peuvent avoir de l'expérience et d'autres de l'espérance. And to uh, mix those two, you know, it can give something very constructive. So I, I was happy to be there as someone who has experience in front of someone who has hope, you mm -hmm. know, and I think we can learn from each other, you know. That's fantastic. And the, all the artists that you mentored this year have very different styles and very different yeah. goals with their work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we've, we've understood now a little bit about your goals and your work. How do you manage that when you're in the room with, with somebody, with another artist, and you're trying to support their work? I think I, my approach was very selfish, but I hope it was the best one. I mean, I was very centered on my values, which is... Uh, to grow, even if I'm 47 years old, to grow as a human. So in front of me, I was not talking to a choreographer, or I was talking to a human who had uh, an intent. So for me, it was easier to talk to a sensitivity than to talk to... Uh, I wanted to be close from my human values than to my choreographic specific experience and vision because it, I'm still a creator, I'm still a dancer, I'm still a choreographer. So I wanted to be far from my own aesthetic, far from my own position, vision about dance. So the best way it was to be there as a human being, as a, a, a man who traveled dance for let's say almost 20 years um, almost a spectator and to be sensitive uh, towards uh, in front or j'ai voulu être sensible par rapport à quelqu'un qui avait une très grande sensibilité face à sa propre danse and so it helped me to give some comments to discuss with the artist in the way 
for him to understand himself and not necessarily the work. Because the work, with time, you know, you realize that you do so many works, so many works, so many works, and it's almost secondary. What is the most important is, as an artist, how it is possible for you to repeat yourself. Because creating, it's this, you know. This is my position. This is my vision. As a creator, I understand that creating, it's it's always an act of repeating yourself. So for this, you have to be uh, open all the doors to be as most as possible sensitive to yourself. And then through this sensitivity, uh, find a generosity to reach the public. So it helped me. So you understand now when I say I was very selfish and thinking about my values. So for this to have to be some uh, sunglass, uh, some, some glasses for uh, it was a help for me to uh, make myself understand, for them to understand their work. C'était uh, pour moi plus simple de parler à une personne qui comprenait son univers au niveau, sur une, dans une dimension humaine que dans une dimension technique et précise, parce que j'avais affaire à des styles très différents. Et moi, je, au niveau des styles, j'ai une opinion trop subjective. Donc, je devais m'adresser d'abord et avant tout à un humain qui est sensible à son travail, qui est vulnérable à son travail, et non à son travail. Ce qui, ce qui aidait peut-être à la personne à prendre une distance. Parce que quand on crie, on n'a pas de distance avec ce qu'on fait. Donc, moi, je voulais surtout aider la personne à prendre une distance par rapport à son travail. Puis des fois, la meilleure façon, c'est de ramener la personne face à elle-même. That sounds like it, it could be a, a tremendously transformative process to have, to have you come in and kind of reflect that back to somebody. Did you, did you throw some wrenches in some processes while, while being By a wrenches, mentor? you mean? I mean, did you, um, did you turn anything upside down? With this, with this approach? Uh, uh, well, if I can talk, let's say, because this is what I saw, uh, I'm going to see more tonight. I saw uh, Caroline um, yesterday. Barrière. Yes, I saw Caroline Barrière yesterday, and I was uh, completely touched, astonished, not astonished. En français, we can say agréable surprise, but I will say agréable, and at the same time, I was not surprised because I met somebody who was very grounded, very uh, sensitive. And I had this discussion about her work and I was saying, uh, your proposal is first, first, first. It's about, it, it is, it's not about you. It is you. Mm. So please, don't put a, a screen between, don't protect yourself. Go right into it and take the risk to still be you, you know? Okay, I do this in a resume. So maybe this was a, like you're saying, peut-être, peut-être pas, mais bouleversé. Yeah, change the change. direction of her process. But yeah. Choreographically, of course, I never permit myself to, to, to say, you make this change or, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, just to, to, make them, uh, to make them understand that their proposal, it's one thing. But if a proposal is before you, it's not a real proposal. It has to be you backed by a proposal. Hmm. Otherwise, uh, what does it go? 
how it's going to be distinguished from another work, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think this is, we always have to remember this. The best way to be universal in our work is to be an open door for the public. But for this, we have to be in front of the proposal, not behind mm -hmm. of some personnage or mm -hmm. I don't know, you know. So uh, this was for uh, Caroline, uh, for um, Noemi. There was a trio. Uh, my approach was uh, still, I, th I hope, human. Uh, very, it was different. I was much more questioning her as a sensitive a sensitivity, but in the space. Her as a sensitivity in relation with other sensitivity. So, what uh, what was the impact for her in uh, her steps, in her dance, in her movement? But she. She, yeah, it was it was a very different work. So she she knew at the same time she didn't know. Or you know she was, and it's also a big job. You know when you're inside your work, mm -hmm. this distance you need sometimes it's kind of. <gasps> so Noemi knew what she wanted, but at the same time she, she had the guts of what she wanted, but she couldn't see what she wanted. So she had to trust. She had two, two other good partners. So. Yeah, uh, the work was different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All the, all the. Can can you just name the other the other artists that you worked with as well? Uh, you mean uh, those who I'm gonna see tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, Julie Timchuk, who was working with Romain, but I forgot her family name, and they are um, proposing um, a street dance. I would say based on a funky uh, universe That's proposal. Right. Yeah, we had a, a quick chat with Julie already, so we've got yeah, some yeah. background and, there. Uh, I don't know Julie at all, except that since, uh, I would say, seven, eight years, I see her uh, growing as a dancer, artist, and uh, she has a specific... Uh, yeah, she, she's uh, growing through her choreographic uh, signature process. And it really surprised me when I first uh, got in the studio because the proposal is far away from what she's uh, used to to work, you know? So uh, I uh, admire this, admire this uh, risk she mm -hmm. took to go somewhere, uh, you know? Different. Yeah. Different. I will do that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like you asking me to do some Balinese dance, you know, or dance du ventre. I mean, it's a big challenge, you know, but still stay artistic. So, the other one was um, um, Olivia. I forgot her. Olivia Sofia. Yeah, Olivia Sofia. That's why it was hard. Sofia, Olivia, Olivia, Sofia. Uh, but actually, it's um, it's a um, collective collective of four artists: uh, one in music, one in dance, one in dramaturgy, and another one more in scenography, I would say. And also, this was a, this was another approach, uh, slightly different from the the others, because I I was. Um, I had to talk to four person, you know, mm -hmm. and so I became for a very short moment a fifth person, and you know, for the performers, when you have uh, four person working in a collective, uh, because 
the none of the person of the collective are dancing the proposal. Yeah, and then they have four so, performers yeah, yeah. on top so of that. So it makes a team of eight yeah. persons. So it's a lot of. It can be a lot of blah blah blah. You know. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not saying this in a negative But way. But it's a lot of negotiation when you've got them. A lot of um, uh, fine-tuning hmm. about what it is. What do we want, you know? I found that they did this in a very clever, very respectful way. So what I had to say, I had to be very careful because I didn't want to be a, a ninth or a fifth or a ninth voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to to so um, I I invite them to I did unusual work for this. I invited to to be conscious of this kind of climate, this kind of proposal, and um, also the way we work when we are in collective. You know, and sometimes we uh, yeah. I think I I I, I underline the fact that when we are in collective. It is not a creation of four person, if there are four. It's a creation of of the fifth one, which is an unknown person. You know, when we have a real encounter, it's not Olivia or the, this guy or this guy or this guy. It's really the meeting of four person, which create a fifth one. Do mm-hmm. you understand what I mean? You know. Yes. So and this. Fifth one will always take the part of the strongest, strongest idea, the idea which is the strongest on stage. It will be the one. I'll say it again. The, you know, sometimes you are, you have two, three proposal. Which one we will? Sometimes we argue. Sometimes we think. The strongest one on stage, it will be the right proposal and in the accumulation of this this will be the aura of the fifth creator mm-hmm. so i say five fifth because it's four person but you are two it will be the third mm-hmm. uh, the third one you know so um i don't know why i'm saying this but uh, it was very interesting for me all these uh, creation uh, because uh, i was also thinking about my own process and what is great when a certain kind of experience mean meet another kind of experience to see that it's beautiful how the doors can always keep open you know so i'm sure that me as a not old yet but i will go back in studio and i will have this remembrance you know mm-hmm. these uh four artists mhm mhm The impact goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and talking to me about your experience. It's a pleasure, and thank you for your patience. <laughs> It's absolutely a pleasure. Um, I've been speaking with Emmanuel Jutte, who mentored four of the artists presenting work at the Dark Horse Dance Projects for 2017. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network. Also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre. 
and to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Thank you for listening. Until next time.